What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cast from the Crypt podcast, the podcast all about Tales from the Crypt and everything horrifically hilarious. I am your host, CJ Roby, and I'm pretty sure you know by now, but every week I am watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt from the very first time. I've never watched the show. I've always been afraid of that stupid puppet until uh, very recently. I, I, I would say up until about just yesterday, I stopped being afraid of it, but I am watching all of these episodes And uh, we're just kind of breaking them down and having a good time. So that's the podcast. And this episode is, boy, this is, this is a fucking weird one. (laughs) Like this, this episode, I, it's, it's very hard to find uh, production notes for Tales from the Crypt. Uh, There, there wasn't like. Uh, a big compendium of oh shit this is how they made every episode like but it's mostly just general interviews and kind of talks about like oh i remember uh, i remember being on tales of the crypt that was such a fun time we like there was there was one scene where we had to uh, dip a puppet in vaseline and it was crazy and then they just talk about nothing else so it's it's kind of hard for me to find uh it's kind of hard for me to find, you know, actual like behind the scenes stuff, but I know. I know for a fact that this episode was just as like ridiculous to shoot as it was as just like the episode is in its entirety a fucking weird ridiculous episode. Like man and nothing even really happens in it nothing much happens in this episode other than just god god damn it i'm gonna you're gonna be hearing me say that a lot this episode because just they're these people man these people just no no communication happens at all in this episode that is what that is what the crux of this episode lies on people you need to communicate better with your friends and loved ones. If any, if you take anything out of this episode, that is what it needs to be. So yeah, since this is a weird episode, it's gonna be a weird episode of the podcast. Uh, I mean, it's we we don't have we don't have a top five today. We got a top three. Uh, this episode is vastly different from its comic. And, uh, it's just, God, we we just got to get into it. This is season two, episode five, Three's Company. So, Three's Company is about, it's about a fun little anniversary vacation, you know? But it's, it's, (laughs) who goes on an anniversary and just brings their fucking buddy with them? It doesn't make any sense. We just have to get into it. We just have to get into it. Because by the end, I'm going to lose my entire mind talking about this fucking episode. So, um, uh, yeah, like I said, top three today because we don't have many players on this episode. Which is another reason why I figure that the production, like, making this episode was a kind of a hassle. Maybe, maybe not a hassle, but, like, man, like, there, there's just... There, by the end, I'm sure that everybody was just like, Jesus Christ. All right, let's just film this shit and get it out of the way. <laughs> this episode didn't have, like, the crazy, like, powerhouse production team that a lot of these other episodes have had. <sighs> you know what? And it, it might... It, that might be why this episode's so weird. <laughs> they they might need to they might need to uh, get some uh, get some of those those uh, first part of season two writers back on the ship because god damn. But for this episode, we got number three. Number three, we got Gavin O'Herlany. And, uh, he's the, he's Richard. He's the main guy. 
he he was so like I didn't see like a lot of stuff that I really knew him from. Uh, his his biggest role that was like uh, the the first thing that shows up on his IMDb page, you know, the best known for. He was uh, Eric in Willow, which I never saw Willow. I only know I only know that Warwick Davis was in it. I never actually watched it. I have no idea. I always thought that it was Powder. Like I <laughs> I didn't see any of those movies. I just knew that they were they were about like short people and adventures. I had no clue. But uh, he was he was Eric. Uh, he was like the paladin dude. Uh, he was also in Superman 3, the fucking... Oh, well, I was going to say the worst, but then I forgot about Quest for Peace. But uh, he was in Superman 3 as uh, Lana Lang's ex-boyfriend. And he has, like, his whole whole little... Uh, he's got a little side plot in that movie. But uh, he's also in The Descent 2... Which I never knew there was a Descent too. Though that must have been a direct to DVD sort of shit. But like the Descent is crazy, so maybe I do need to go watch that sequel. Number two is Richard Albain. Uh, Richard Albain was the special effects guy on this episode. Uh, I don't know really like what special effects he did. Maybe like. The the crossbow that ends up getting used later, and uh, I don't know, maybe just like making people look kind of grimy. Uh, but he did do the special effects on Nightmare on Elm Street too. That's right, he did special effects for like a bunch of other stuff too. But uh, I mean, not not much of it was was uh, really notable, at least not to me. You know, hey, look up his IMDb page. I don't I do this. I do this to give you guys a window into the into our great casts, IMDb pages and stuff. So, you know why, you know, this person's face. But hey, I, I encourage you to go check out the IMDb pages of every episode and, you know, go through all the people, see if you know them from other stuff. And then our number one credit for today is Steve Nelson. Steve Nelson is the sound mixer of this episode, and I do like putting my sound guys up high on the on the uh, credits list because usually they do very good work, <laughs> which is why they're on there. And I mean, come on, this dude, this dude did the sound mixing for Pop Star, that uh, that Andy Samberg movie hilarious he did the sound mixing for the original x-men movie like like blew people away with with the sound in the x people or in the x people movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, uh, but yeah x-men was was a great uh had a great you know overall sound he did species 2 got got some horror cred to him and uh, he also did the, all the sound mixing on Mortal Kombat, on the Mortal Kombat movie, which I'm telling you guys, I am going to get every single, every single person who was in Mortal Kombat and and uh, the Super Mario movie. I'm, I'm damn sure that they took part in this show too, and I'm here for it. So that's, uh, that's top credits for today. Pretty quick, pretty easy. So, man, let's get into this fucking episode, huh? Alright, so, Season 2, Episode 5, Three's a Crowd, comes out May 1st, 1990, and, God, I just... I just need to get to the end of this episode, because this... This episode is the one episode that I've watched that just fucked me up. <laughs> like, completely. And it was it was because of, like, one line in the episode. The, the rest of the episode, who cares? It's, about the, it's a bunch of dumb shit. But there's, there's just one part in the episode that has stuck with me, like, this whole week. And it's just being like, ugh, god damn it. 
So, yeah, but that's that's at the way end of this episode <laughs> is this episode is this episode puts in a lot of work to get to their whole uh tales from the crypt murder twist. So, let's let's uh let's get into it. Uh so it opens it opens up the crypt keepers doing a radio show or something. I don't even know. It doesn't fit with the theme of the episode or anything. He's just uh, he's just there doing his own little talk show and you know using his radio equipment that he never fucking lets me borrow for the podcast. He knows I run this podcast and he never let me touch as any of his broadcasting equipment. And he's a he's a terribly selfish corpse. But uh, he he runs off a bunch of marriage jokes. Uh, I I can't remember them now. I I can only you know till till death do us part. <laughs> and then he he goes in sickness and in stealth, <laughs> which I, I didn't think that stealth was. Um, was, you know, something that describes spooky things. You know, when I hear stealth, I think of, like, fucking SEAL Team 6 or some shit, not, like, Nosferatu or so. I don't I don't know where he was trying to go with that, but you know what? It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, the episode, the episode proper begins with... You know, you know that that old creepy trope of somebody's oh somebody's late and somebody else is waiting for them to get home in the darkness and clicks on the night. Where have you been? Mm, it's I've been waiting for you. A dude's just sitting in darkness. He's like smoking a cigarette and like drinking some whiskey. He's all pissed off, and uh, his wife comes in the door. And she turns on the she turns on the light. She's like, "Oh shit, you scared me." He's like, "Where have you been? Hmm, it's been four hours. You said that you were going shopping for like one or two hours." And uh, she's she's like, "Well, I mean, I me and me and our good friend Alan, like both of our mutual friend Alan, we were going shopping, and I honestly didn't think that you would be this pissed about it." you know, being a little late, which I mean, come on, four hours as opposed to one or two hours isn't a little late, but sure. Uh, and he's, and he just, he's already just on the, on the attack. He's like, Oh yeah, it's a nice trip that, uh, that Alan got for us. Uh, their, their friends, their friend's name is Alan. And, uh, he, he like, he brought them up to this like cabin or whatever for their anniversary trip. He's paying for everything, but dude's just like, yeah, I bet you, bet you, you would have liked to come up here by yourself, huh? And she's just like, ah, oh, dude, come on, man. Like Alan's your friend. He was the best man at our wedding, and like I, <laughs> that's that's fine, but she's. Her being like, uh, calm down. He was only the best man at your wedding, and now, and I'm, and I'm like shopping with him for like four hours, and he paid for this crazy ass trip for us. It it doesn't it doesn't make it any less suspicious, but she's she's just she doesn't assume that he's already just in here just stewing over. <laughs> over him and his wife getting taken out to a nice thing because this dude's trying to fuck his wife. But, uh, um, he's been, he's been drinking, you know, he's, he's had his whiskey and, uh, his wife's just like, not tonight, it's our anniversary. He's like, yeah, I know it's our anniversary and I'm celebrating alone. <laughs> it's just, just, and it starts off, it just starts off like this and it never it never loses steam in the passive aggressive nonsense of this episode. So like he's he's just he's just mad the whole time. He's heated. So um he's he's like uh I don't like him buying you things. He shouldn't be buying you stuff, you know. It belittles me. And she she's like, it belittles you. Like, what what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, he's just rubbing all of his success in my face, all this money and shit that he's got. And now he's 
bringing us up here to flaunt it for me. And she's just like, dude, he's he's our friend and he cares for us and he wants us to have a good anniversary, which I mean, and he's he's just like, yeah, yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> but hey, listen, it, he's he's right. All right, ladies, I you 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 just don't understand. You just don't understand how a man feels when other rich guys are around them doing nice things for for their family and it it makes them seem like they can't bring home the bacon and uh, listen I, me mm, me as a big tough prideful man i would hate if if any rich people are out there i would hate for you to take me and my girlfriend out on fabulous vacations and pay for a bunch of shit please don't don't ever get my girlfriend gifts so that i don't have to get her like expensive crazy things and i can just focus on loving her please don't do this for us but uh anyway <laughs> anyway uh yeah so he he apologizes he's just like i'm sorry i just i'm just so broke and i don't want to lose you <laughs> And she's like, yeah, you're always fucking sorry, but you know what? I forgive you. You're not going to lose me. Everything's everything's cool, man. Just let's just enjoy our vacation. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's crying on her shoulder. He's just like, ah, I couldn't e I can't even give you children like you wanted. Like, I'm so uh, uh, which guys great, great tip on keeping your lady interested, keeping the keeping the passion up in the bedroom to try and make more kids cry on her shoulder about how you guys can't do it. That's, that's always the sexiest part. So the phone rings and, uh, and she just, she just pretty much just like pushes him off. She, cause they're, you know, they're hugging and kissing, uh, comforting him. And then she's just like, Oh, phone's ringing. Alan might be calling. So <laughs> I told, I did tell him to call. So, Come on, man. You you're gonna have to step up off of me. I know, I know you're like loving me and stuff, but Alan's calling. So <laughs> she picks up the phone. He's just like, no, don't don't answer the phone. She's like, I I have to. It's Alan. So she answers the phone. And he he goes to the bathroom. He's all pissed, and uh, uh, she's talking to Alan. You you hear her say something about a surprise or something that uh, she hasn't told. Uh, uh, Richard yet her their their names are Richard and Della the the two and then Alan's the guy who's paying for everything he's the friend so uh, Della's talking to Alan she says that there's something that she hasn't told Richard yet and already I mean listen I, I would think that some suspicious shit was going on you know like Nobody in this scenario is doing anything to lessen suspicion that any sort of thing is going on. So that's and and that's going to be that's that's a huge problem that I have with this episode. <laughs> Which everyone is just no one no one is thinking about anybody uh, about like the optics of any sort of situation. But anyway, next day, everybody's out on the boat, uh, out on Alan's boat, because Richard's a broke bitch. They're on the boat, they're all hanging out, and uh, Richard's just over here, like, on one side, just staring at Della and Alan. They're having, like, nice conversation, they're chopping it up, she, like, she gives them a kiss on the cheek, like a European hello, which... None of them are European, so, I mean, once again, the optics of the situation. I don't know why she's over here kissing this dude and giving him gentle caresses on his face. But, you know, it's, they're, they're being friendly. It's, they're, they're definitely just, like, being friendly and stuff, and Richard's just over here on the other side of the boat moping. That's, that's all he's doing. He's just, like... He's just uh just staring blankly over the over the bow of the ship just off into the water just not being and like I said they're having a great time and then he's just over here wondering why they don't want to hang out with Mopey Dick. So, you know, it's just he's Richard Richard's just just terrible. He's just terrible. So, they get onto land. 
uh, they they drive up to the cabin, and all the while, Alan's just like, oh man, you know, money and success and all this stuff, it's pretty great, but you know, I envy you guys because you have each other, you have love, I... You know, all that stuff doesn't mean anything if you don't have anything to if you don't have anyone to share it with. I mean, what what do I have that's so great? And then Richard just like, dude, you've got cash. You've got all everything that we've been experiencing today is what you've got. And he's like, huh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and and like he, oh god, he has this. Alan has this stupid laugh. This like eh, eh, eh. it's so I I hate it I, I don't know I don't know if that's the actual actor's laugh or if that was like an artistic choice just like ah uh, I should make this guy laugh like a fucking moron <laughs> but he's he's got the stupidest laugh if you if you go watch the episode you're gonna be like what the hell like it, it's like white Eddie Murphy's laugh just, eh, 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 eh. it's it's so weird. But uh, uh, he he makes a he makes a joke while they're driving. He's just like, uh, you know, my my one regret in life is that I never tried hard enough to steal Della back away from you, Richard. And he's like, got his hand on Della's knee, and he's just like, <laughs> and like, yeah, look, <laughs> Richard, I get it, <laughs> but like, it's just, uh, god damn it, god damn it. This whole episode, that's all I was saying this whole time. I was just like, everybody, everybody is just, everyone's at fault here. Um, not, not really. Richard, Richard is definitely at fault. You will, you will see as we, as we continue. <laughs> but, uh, so they show up at the lodge and, uh, every, they're, they're getting all settled in. Alan asks his helper Alvarez if some packages that he had ordered came in, and they did. And uh, Richard's like, "Oh yeah, what what kind of packages or, or anything?" Because they were like, they were like giving each other looks. Uh, Alan and Della when he was talking about the packages. So Richard's like, "Oh yeah, what what kind of stuff did you bring?" He's like, "Oh no, it's just like supplies, like food and stuff, and out booze and drugs and stuff." Where I'm I'm gonna throw you an anniversary that you guys are never gonna forget. And like I said, him and him and Della are just like exchanging like giving each other looks and all this other shit. And it's it's suspicious, I will say that. It is definitely suspicious. He also says that he's gonna be staying in a smaller cabin kinda across the way from them. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the three of them for Della and and uh, Richard's anniversary, which sure, I I guess B- massive red flag right there. I I'm I'm in Richard's corner here, to where he's just like, oh, you guys are having an anniversary. I'm gonna stay with you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pay for everything, but I'm also gonna be there on your anniversary. Just because, you know, what are anniversaries for other than uh, two spouses and uh, one of their friends, one of their buddies just tailing along? That's That sounds like the perfect anniversary to me. So after after he tells him that he's just like oh, I'm gonna go get my bags over there and uh, Richard just watching him in the window as he goes to his cabin just being all creepy. Uh, later on that night, uh, Della and Alan are playing cards and they're just kind of you know chopping it up, reminiscing about high school and stuff. And uh, Della asks him about some some girl he used to date. He's like, oh wait. Wait a minute! Oh, the one with the big bazookas, and I was like, "Bazooka is wait did they did they really was was that really a thing for tits back in the nineties? Bazookas <laughs> like like I I didn't I didn't really because like gazongas I I've always I've always enjoyed gazongas because like I, I've always thought of it as like. Oh, that's the sound that you make when you see him. It's like the cartoon wolf whistle, like when his fucking tongue pops out and his eyeballs are like, oh, gazonga, you know. But bazookas, uh, that, like I don't know, I don't know about that one. 
so he's like, oh, yeah, I dated her uh, uh, a little bit. Like, we, we dated once, but that was that was uh, after me and you broke up. And then they shoot a look over to Richard, <laughs> which is, and, like, just, oh, my God. Just talk about fucking conspicuous. <laughs> I mean, ugh, just, just no one... I, I can't even I can't even wrap my brain around it. I was watching this episode and I was just like everyone everyone is just being so fucking obtuse about all of this. But anyway, anyway, you know you know he's acting weird and you're still gonna ugh, whatever. Whatever. I I get it. It's his it's his burden to bear. He, he shouldn't be bringing this on on them, but they also are being weird about it. But that's because they have they've got like a, a sub, they've got a surprise for him. They they've got they've got something that they're that they're holding back. But they ask him if they like this is what I'm fucking talking about right here. They ask him if he wants to play cards, and he's just like, hmm, no, I don't want to play cards. I'm just gonna. Just gonna go outside and I'm gonna have a smoke. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, yeah, bro. They they even asked you if you wanna play and you're over here just all suspicious. But yeah, just just leave. Just leave them alone if you think that they're fucking. And also, please don't join in on their game and like, you know, be a fun, outgoing person so that your wife would probably be more interested in you than this fucking rich guy, you know? Don't... P please. You, you would hate to actually join their game and, like, fucking reconnect with your goddamn wife. Dude, it, it's, it's an impossible thought to imagine. But anyway, so he goes outside. He, he goes for a smoke. And uh, uh, Alvarez shows back up. And uh, he's just like, oh, you're a very lucky man. You got a beautiful wife and you guys have been married for, for that long. Ah, I've tried being married for that long. Three times, in fact. Just doesn't work for old Alvarez. And Richard asks what happened. And Alvarez is like, oh, well, you know, I was into free love. And it, it turns out, wasn't that free? So... He's he goes to bed and he, he talks to Alvarez and goes to bed and wakes up in the middle of the night and uh Della's still not in bed. He he's just like, oh, oh shit, oh. and she's she's just gone. So he uh he goes he goes outside, not outside, but you know, he he leaves the room to find them talking downstairs in the den and uh and they're they're talking about him. They're like, Oh, uh well I mean I can't believe that it's going to be like happening soon and you know I, I I hate to I hate to keep this a secret from him and uh Alan's just like oh don't worry by tomorrow he'll know everything so hey cheers cheers to uh getting rid of the old life and and you know welcoming in the new life and Della's just like yeah it's been it's been like really weird between me and Richard for for a while now but like I now I'm about to be so much happier. So he's he's just listening to this and and all the while they're like kind of they're not holding hands but you know they've got the got his hand on top of hers and they're drinking wine and you know they're they're just being way too cordial with each other. Too cordial for Richard's liking. Uh she's about to go to bed and he runs back into bed and pretends like he's asleep. He, he's just staring into the darkness when she comes back in and she's like, oh, are you asleep? And, you know, he wakes up the next day and just immediately flips out. Like, <laughs> I he he wakes up, he, he wakes up like, you know, that, that old horror movie thing where they just spring straight up out of bed like they had a nightmare, even though no one ever wakes up from a nightmare like that. I've, listen... I, I have never sprung up out of bed like that for anything. I could be half an hour late to work and I'm rolling out of bed. I'm not springing up for shit. So he he gets out of bed and he's just like running around, just like tearing through like the closets and the drawers and stuff. And he's like, oh, 
he did he bought her more things like what the fuck and he finds uh a little some some lace lingerie that uh that was in like a little package he's like what the fuck is this so uh he runs he runs downstairs and uh everyone's gone they're they're not there alvarez is the only guy who's around he's like hey where where'd those two run off to and i was like oh pff, i don't know man uh, but they did ask me to keep an eye out on you today. So like, uh, how you doing, buddy? We're, we're, you know, me and you were just hanging out today. He's like, oh, oh, so you're in on this too, huh? Uh, oh yeah, they paid you to keep me out of their out of their way so that they could go fucking frolic together, huh? Is that what's happening? And we're just like, I I don't know what you're talking about, man. I was just told not to. To, to have you stay in the cabin and shit, man. I don't know what's going on. He's like, oh, yeah, a likely story. But uh, they show back up. They they come home. Uh, and and by this time, Richard just had it. He's he's all fucking, he's all pissed off. He's just like, oh, oh, what where were you guys at? Shopping again, huh? And they're like, no, we, we took a walk, man. What's What's going on? And he's... He's already got a bottle of whiskey in his hand, and he's already talking a bunch of shit. He's just like, ah, well, you you know, you two, what? You're just gonna flaunt all this shit in my face? Like, did Della tell you that I'm a bartender now? Yeah, I'm not doing insurance anymore. She probably didn't tell you because she's ashamed of me. And, uh, and she, he's, he's just going in on him. And, and they're both trying to be like, Bro, just calm down. Like everything's fine, you know. Like you're like we're still cool with you, bro. Like it's everything's good. He's like, no, everything's not good. I'm I'm fucking dying over here, and you guys are over here behind my back. But he he doesn't actually even like confront them about being together. He's just yelling. He's just like ah, and you, Della, you betrayed me. I thought. I thought it was till death do us part, huh, bitch? Ah. And so she leaves crying, and Alan's just like, man, you're a, you're a dickhead. And so he also just walks out. And then, when, and then they drive away, and that's the only time Richard actually says anything about Alan fucking his wife. And he yells at the car as they're leaving. He's like, ah, oh, oh, I need to calm down. You're fucking my wife. And, like, if he would have... If he would have said that at any point during, like, his whole rant or at any point before and was just like, bro, like, why are you trying to fuck my wife, dude? Like, what what the hell is this? Then it the, the problem probably would have been solved. It would have it probably would have been squashed so much earlier if he would have just, like, said anything about the fact that he thought that they were fucking around. But no, no, this dude, this dude's just going to be passive aggressive all fucking day. He's going to be like, oh, I, pff, you, you would think that Alan's a good guy, huh? <laughs> and, and then, and yeah, so, yeah, but they leave and he, he just, he just snaps. He just loses it. He's, he's, he's finished. He's done. So that night. Alan comes back to the lodge, and uh, he's looking for Richard, calling his name. He's like, bro, where, where are you at? Me and Della have a surprise for you. Come on, come with us. Like, we, we got something to show you. He finds Richard at the top of the stairs, and Richard's just hanging out there. He's, he, you know, he's just smiling, having a good time. Alan's like, oh, dude, hey, there you are, bro. Come on, and we, uh, we got a surprise. And we're just like, oh, oh, yeah, I like surprises. Hey. I got a surprise for you too. And uh <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I've been I've been practicing with your surprise. Look, look behind you." And Al looks at the this stuffed deer head trophy on the wall that has a bunch of arrows sticking out of it. And he's like, "Uh, what the fuck?" <laughs> and uh he he turns around and Richard's just at the top of the stairs with the crossbow. And they're so they're both just like, ah, oh, uh, this is this is a funny joke, isn't it? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a joke, bro. 
And Alan does his stupid laugh again. And he's like, all right, but seriously, you got to you gotta calm down. You got to put that down. And uh, we got to go. He's like, no, nah, you know what? I'm not going to put it down. Or, you know what? If I do put it down, I'm just going to put all these arrows in you first. And... <laughs> And he goes on this weird, super creepy tangent. He's just like, oh, yeah, how was, how was Della, huh? You, was she as good as she was 10 years ago? And they, uh, listen, no, no amount of television magic is going to make me think that these fools were in high school 10 years ago, all right? Everybody in this episode is at least in their 50s. <laughs> But uh, he was like, yeah, she as good as she was 10 years ago, huh? Does she, does she make this little gurgle in the back of her throat when she comes like a dying animal? And I was like, ew, that's how you describe your wife when she comes? That's fucking horrible. <laughs> like, oh my God, dude, are you, are you fucking serious? And, and uh, he's just walking down the stairs with this with this crossbow aimed at this dude. He's like, "Yeah, it sounded like." Uh, uh. <laughs> and he just keeps doing that while he's just menacing this guy with a crossbow. And uh, Alan's like, "Dude, you're you've lost your fucking mind." And after he says that, he's done. Richard just lets loose a bolt straight into his chest and just sticks him to the wall. And that's the end of Alan. But it's not, it's not finished. (laughs) Alan's death is just like the first beat of the third act of this fucking episode. So, so, uh, a a little bit later, Della comes in, she's looking for them, she's like, what's taking you guys so long? You guys, you guys chopping it up, you guys having some old, good old boy grab ass time? She, she walks in, everything's all dark, she's like, uh, hello, what's going on? And, uh, the door closes, and Richard is behind the door in the darkness, he steps out and he's dressed in her new coat that Alan bought her. He's wearing the coat and he's like, Ugh, how do I look in this, Della? And she's like, um, what the fuck? Where's Alan? And, uh, and, you know, classic horror movie shit. He's just like, oh, he's hanging around here somewhere. And she looks up, and Alan's body is hanging, pinned up by a bunch of arrows above him. And uh, one of the best horror horror movie screams that I've heard comes out of Ruth DeSouza's face. She's she was really, really fucking good. She could have been a scream queen had she had any more credits. Just. God damn anymore. I I wish I could have found something that I knew. But hey, you know what? It's it's a it's a happy anniversary. There it is. He 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 says it. He wishes her a happy anniversary in a creepy way. She just runs screaming and crying upstairs, locks herself in their room, uh slides the dresser in front of the door and uh Richard, Richard is just full on shining now. He's just like, uh, hey, what's up? I got a surprise for you. Come on out. Come see it. And uh, he he's just right outside of the door. He has the lingerie that he found earlier and he wraps it around his hands. He's like, "Uh, I found the thing that you were going to wear for Alan, but I want you to wear it for me. Come on, you fucking whore! And he's just, like, busting down the door. He's like, you fucking slut! And just calling her all sorts of sluts and bitches. And uh, she's just she's just losing her mind up, up in this room. And he's just trying to bust this door down. And uh, he gets there, but she she's just like, fuck this. Jumps out of the window. 
and uh, hits the ground. She probably busts up her leg or something because she's just trying to crawl out of there. But uh, he he catches up to her. He just comes out of the house and gets her. And then it's, oh, God. Like, honestly, this is the most brutal thing that I've seen from Tales from the Crypt. And I, I listen, I will say that they will be hard-pressed to beat this this shit and i hope that they don't because this was this was like truly like this this was hurtful for me but uh yeah he he just fucking he gets her and it's a just a real graphic and gruesome strangulation like he he gets her with the uh with the lingerie and like it's it like hard like close in on her dying and like like Ruth de Souza is uh like like I said she needed to be a legit scream queen because she she was fucking like I thought she, I thought she died <laughs> I was like oh my god they 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 showed a murder on HBO this is crazy uh but then oh god damn it this was this is the worst I told you that this episode fucked me up right he kills the shit out of her. He he strangles the fuck out of her. And then he grabs her and he's just like, ah, oh, yeah, come on. God damn it. Yeah, he so he grabs her and he starts dragging her away. He's like, Yeah, we're gonna get to get to work on that baby, huh? We're gonna let's go to let's go to Alan's cabin and get to work on that baby. And I was like, Ew! Are you fucking kidding me? Tales of the Crypt, are you really gonna do this? Like He's just about to go fuck her dead body. Like you're that's really the direction that you're fucking putting this in. God damn. And and then like it it doesn't it doesn't stop getting bad. He drags this Oh my god, he drags her to to the fucking cabin. He opens the door and there's a fucking surprise party in there for him. Every he opens the door, the lights come on, surprise! Everybody's there, fucking party streamers and the noisemakers. There's a banner that says, congratulations, daddy, because she actually was pregnant. Like, they finally had, were gonna have the kid, and she was just keeping the party secret, and he's just standing in the door, Literally with her fucking like head in wrapped in lingerie that he was dragging to this fucking place and everyone's just staring at him horrified and I was staring at the fucking screen just horrified and I was like this is the darkest shit this was a this was a real slow burn to the darkest fucking shit that you guys could have done like oh my god and and this is oh my god oh my fucking god i like i said i was devastated i was destroyed after this i was like you're fucking kidding me hbo was allowed to do anything back then are you crazy ugh, ugh. it was it was it was harrowing it was just so so gross i was I was very upset by by it. I was like, "This is the most fucked up twist." <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. How could you do this? How how could you do this to people? But uh, yeah. So so the the it ends and the fucking and of course and the Crypt Keeper coming in with his snarky fucking and uh, like I was just like, "You're." kidding me you too he like in the first thing the first thing he says as soon as the, the episode he's like uh, <laughs> now that's what i call dragging your wife to a party and i was like fuck you dude oh my dude terrible fucking disgusting <laughs> i oh my god oh my fucking god like i <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to fight or respect the, the writers of this episode at, if I ever see them, but god damn it. God damn it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the end. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of this fucking episode. Like I said, 
a, a slow burn episode to just the most fucked ending. The most fucked ending that they've had so far. And I, I hope that they don't beat it because like that's listen, that that's that's all you need. That's all you need to do. You don't need to try and top that one. You can just make everything else like goofy and silly again after that. It's it's fine. Let's get back to this being the hilarious season and not the Jesus Christ make me throw up inside of my own face and want to just shut myself off from all humanity episodes. So, uh, let's, uh, fuck, man. Let's get real dark and, uh, get into, get into the source material because it's, I mean, it's not as dark, but it's still... It, like it's it's dark in the way that this episode would have been dark if it was a funny episode and not just a hey let's just fuck everyone's whole days up kind of episode. It's time for comic versus show. God damn it. Okay, so this episode is loosely based. On Shock Suspense Stories number 11. And I say loosely based because, uh, because of that hard right turn that they make at the, at the end. Uh, the, the comic is, it's, uh, it's a lot lighter than that. <laughs> and it's, it, even, the, even then, it's still pretty, like, the comic is still kind of fucked, so, like, I don't understand why they had to make it so, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, super crazy, and he's a necrophiliac, and, like, we're just gonna fucking, we're just gonna make him insane. But, yeah, it's, it was, it was just as good of a story, like, you'll, you'll see, I, like, I kind of understand why they felt like they needed to change it with, with that, with the ending that the comic has, but, like, Jesus Christ, come on, you guys. <laughs> Alright, so, the first, the first big difference is that, um, uh, the Lodge doesn't belong to Alan, well, Alan's character, uh, his, his name is Andy in this. So, and actually, all the, alright, so the first major difference is the names of all the players. Uh, Alan is actually, is actually Richard. Alan is, like, the actual husband. And Andy is, uh, is the rich friend. He's the Alan character. So, it's, it's Alan and Andy. And Della's name is Donna in this, and not Della. So, we got... We got Alan and Della who are together, and Andy who is the third wheel, but the rich guy providing all of the everything. So, all right. So the lodge doesn't belong to Andy; it belongs to Alan and Donna, and uh, they're it's it's their little vacation spot. Andy's just uh, tagging along to buy him stuff. I guess I'm not entirely sure what that was all about, but she just, uh, like, in the beginning, she's just like, ah, oh, I can't believe she called him up and fucking invited him to hang out with us on our anniversary, you know, because they had the, they had worked out the surprise. So, uh, the drive up to the cabin is a bigger deal. Uh, they, I, I think they still go out on the boat or something, but it's not like, uh, it's not an important thing. It's it doesn't just show him just like hanging out and staring at them. Although I, I'm pretty sure it does mention that they went out on the boat and he was kind of upset. But they they have like a whole big drive up to the lodge where uh, uh, Andy's Andy's bragging about the car. So instead of instead of uh, the car ride up there being Andy being like, oh man, like you know. I really wish I would have, like, taken Della from you. You know, all the money and the success doesn't mean a thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in this, he's just being like, look at my cool-ass car. It's got a phone inside of the car. My God, the 60s are going to be incredible. <laughs> um, 
And then when they get to the house, Alan's going to go get his bags, but they're just like, oh, don't, don't uh, open the trunk. Don't even worry about it. We'll get your stuff. Just go upstairs. So that makes him a little suspicious. Um, throughout the, see, and <laughs> throughout the comic, Alan, Alan's trying to get in there with Donna. He's just like, it's our anniversary. We should be fucking like there. Why? What's happening right now that we're hanging out with this dude instead of like, instead of hanging out with each other? Like what is happening? You know, as opposed to, as opposed to, uh, Richard in the, in the show, just being a sad sack the whole time. And like, not even, not even trying to like spend time with his wife, you know, in, in this, he's actually like, yo, like hang out with me. Like, you know, we should, let's, let's go upstairs. Mm -hmm." And then, but she's just like, well, I mean like Alan's going to show up and like, we were supposed to all hang out. And she's like, God damn it. I don't care about Alan. So like, yeah, he, he just keeps getting, uh, angrier and angrier so most of the most of the same sort of stuff happens uh they're they're hanging out they're like playing cards talking about high school and stuff and then i guess this kind of i guess this kind of explains why in the morning uh the dude or richard like flips out when he wakes up because in the in the comic he has a a dream about donna and andy kissing he he has he like you know, he's asleep and he's just dreaming about them making out and shit and just getting pissed in his sleep. Oh, right. And the, the thing, the thing about, uh, the thing about like Andy taking Donna shopping and everything, that's not like a huge, it's not a a huge plot point. Like it was in the, uh, in the episode, it it just kind of gets a passing mention, but yeah, he's, Al- Alan's Alan's just over here just imagining all the shit they could be doing and like talking like all the shit they could be talking about him and he's just like ah they're they're trying to run away uh, oh man the boat is actually uh later in the in the story because they all go out on like a small boat trip so they just get to the house first and then the boat happens um but uh, during during that time, it's the it's pretty much the same scene. But he's actually trying to like, he's actually trying to like, he's got plans to kill them on the boat. But he he can't bring himself to do it. He he just doesn't do it. So the the big difference is uh, is his you know his plan of attack. Uh, he's like actively trying to kill them for the for like the back half of the of the comic rather than just kind of like going crazy like at the at the end and then killing them both uh he's he's out to get him but uh andy gets a phone call and alan picks it up and it's somebody warning him about the bridge that they had drove up to get to the lodge they said that it was flooded over like crazy and uh no one can drive on it otherwise like they'll pretty much immediately die there's there's no way to get over that bridge so he hears this and he's like oh is that right uh they're they're going out for supplies in uh in a little bit anyway so hey this is perfect and uh he doesn't tell anybody that he got the phone call so he sends them out in the town he's just like oh hey you guys are gonna go get some supplies or anything i need a couple of things i'll just hang out here you guys go go out and drive you guys go do it and they're like all right yeah cool well we'll see you we'll see you in a little bit you sure you don't need anything he's like oh yeah no just go and then when they when they leave he goes to check the cottage to see what they had been hiding from him and uh, he opens the door and sees all the celebration stuff and realizes that she's pregnant and all this other stuff. And uh, he he finds out by himself, you know, there's no there's no crazy like necrophilia rape or anything in this comic. He just it's just a, a sad ending because he sees all this and he's just like, oh, fuck, I just sent them to their deaths. Uh Dude has a car car phone. He gave me the number. I gotta run in there and I gotta dial him up and tell him. And then he dials the the phone up. But hold on, here's here's the thing. Here's the ironic part. He's got laryngitis and he can't warn them. 
<laughs> Laryngitis. <laughs> when I <laughs> when I read that, I was just like, "The fuck? <laughs> what? What a weird way to like end it or something." It could have been anything, but because he's. Uh, the, the whole time they were describing him, like, swallowing a lump in his throat and his, his throat was kind of scratchy or whatever, but you, you just kind of assumed that it was nerves and, you know, just him going crazy and stuff, but, uh, early onset laryngitis, uh, oh, guys, oh, shit, they're, they're gonna die, <coughs> yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the comic, and, like, like I said, I, I understand, all right? Coming down with laryngitis as you're trying to warn someone not to drive them to their death, not as crazy of an ending for, you know, the hardcore HBO viewers who who need their blood and tits and shit, but god damn, was there was there really was there really a need to make it so horrific off of this you could have you could have done anything all you had to do was change the laryngitis shit but instead you you guys decided to go with some super crazy shit god damn it all right so before before i get out of here uh, I got, uh, I got something a little terrifying that you guys should check out. It's time for Shriek of the Week. So this week's Shriek of the Week is a super cool looking movie. And, I mean, look, you can't go wrong when Nicolas Cage shows up in your horror movie. It's Color Out of Space. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer for this, it looks super cool and it's based off of a lovecraft story you know uh i'm i'm pretty you know the the maddening color or whatever i listen i didn't read much of lovecraft but i do know that this was one of his stories like i i didn't realize that they were doing it but then when in the trailer when it's like uh based on a lovecraft thing i was like Oh, I know what they're doing, but I I can't I can't actually uh, remember the uh, remember the story. The only Lovecraft title that I actually remember is what Mountains of Madness and The King in Yellow. Those are those are the only actual titles. But I know Lovecraftian like tropes and all that other shit. All right, all right, get off my fucking back. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so it's it's based off of a Lovecraft story. It's about a color that comes from space. Uh, a weird meteor hits on uh, Nicolas Cage's farm, and it's like a weird pink thing, and no one can figure out what's going on. But for some reason, everything's starting to turn pink, and everyone's starting to go crazy. And it looks it looks really cool. It it honestly does look pretty badass. Uh, it's by the same, and see, I actually, when I was, when I was watching the beginning of the trailer, I was just like, oh shit, another Nicolas Cage horror movie? This looks exactly like, uh, this, this kind of style looks like Mandy, and then right when I was thinking of that, it was just like, oh, from the producer of Mandy, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's why, that makes sense, but, um, also you should go, you should see Mandy. If you haven't seen Mandy yet, that movie is a fucking trip those like both of these movies like like i said nicholas cage in horror just it's just mwah, it just works it, it's just so good so this is this is the one and it's uh the in the in the trailer it says the return of director richard stanley and i was like who the fuck is richard stanley turns out he doesn't he do, he hasn't done too much but all the stuff that he does do is like cool like creepy looking horror stuff and he did uh he did the the 90 what is it 96 93 he did the remake of uh the island of dr moreau the one with val kilmer and uh marlon brando the one that 
there is an entire ass documentary about over how ridiculous it is. So who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get some maybe we'll get some color of or color out from space crazy set stories. But uh yeah. That's that's the shriek of the week for this week. Go watch go watch Color Out from Space and also go watch Mandy. Both of them are great. Support uh Nicolas Cage. He needs us. And you know what? Support the podcast by going and giving it five stars on any sort of podcast catching playing device or service or whatever. Just go give it five stars wherever you can. And that's it for me for this week, folks. You guys can find all the episodes of Tales from the Crypt on Google and iTunes and Amazon. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hulu, I, I think that's one of them. Uh, they're all they're always $1.99, but I mean, you can probably find the episodes on YouTube and just watch them and have a good time. Folks, I have been your host, and I've had a great time. I mean, not with this episode, but with the with the podcast in general and actually making this episode of the podcast. But this this episode can go fuck. <laughs> All right, everybody. Keep up with me on the socials at CJ Demoka, CJ D A M O C H A. And you can also come hang out with me on Twitch, because I'm over there, like, all the time. All right, everybody, I will talk to you next week. So, as always, I, I beg you, I really need you all to stay spooky. <laughs>